0: it's so good to be with you all again today and uh, if this is your your first time with us then I'm excited that you've joined in and if you've been with us for a while it's good to be back with you uh, again today what uh, what an amazing time to be alive even in the uncertainty of the world around us we can put our hope in God today I want to talk about something that every one of us needs to grow in. And it really doesn't matter how long you've been a Christian. We should be growing in this for the rest of our lives. So uh, the message today is called hearing God's voice. Now this is a message for born again believers. And if you've not already become born again, we can take some time for that later today. So if you'd like to become, you'd like to pray and become born again, just raise your hand uh, on the system or send a message and we will pray with you. But even for those of us who have been born again for a while, how many of us really want to hear God's voice more clearly? I would say we probably all would raise our hands to that. And I, I realize that we probably all heard some messages about hearing God. And really, much of that is, is helpful, it really is. But so many times, it only feels like it's just part of the story. Or if I can say it this way, it just feels like part of the formula. Now, there have been times that I have wished it would be like a scientific formula, or maybe something like a math equation, because then we could just plug in the right things and it would just work that way. <laughs> But then I remember again that it would be without relationship. And I find myself going back to saying, "Lord, you truly have the best way. Lead me in your ways." In Isaiah 30:21. Let's read that. So in Isaiah 30:21, it says, "And your ears shall hear a word behind you saying, "This is the way, walk in it." when you turn to the right or when you turn to the left. Now this was a promise that God was giving to him. He was saying, don't fear and don't worry about this because I will give you direction. Now that verse is comforting and kind of unnerving all at the same time, but isn't it ultimately better to know that Yahweh knows what he's doing when it comes to speaking to and leading men and women. It seems like so many of the principles in the kingdom of God, require us to hear God's voice in order for them to be activated, whether it's financial stewardship or healing or prophecy, or really any other principle. We really don't get very far with it if we have not learned to hear God's voice. So how do we hear God's voice? What does he sound like? How do we know for sure that we're hearing from him? I was just reminded the other day about a book that I had read years ago when I was beginning my journey of following God. I was a young man who had just gotten married and all at once it seemed like I had major decisions to make. Where are we going to live? What does it take to support a family? Will I even be able to do this? These decisions not only affected me, but now they affected my new wife and possibly children if they came along. The results of my decisions and actions felt too big for me. And I cried out to the Lord and I said, if you don't lead me, I can't do this. Please teach me to hear your voice. Now my brother had just spent some time on the mission field and he had been with YWAM or youth with a mission. And I was so intrigued to find out more about it. He gave me a book written by Lauren Cunningham and he was uh, the founder of YWAM and Mercy Ships International. And the book was called, is that really you God? And it's a book about hearing the voice of God. It was written in 1984. So I'm not sure if you can find it anymore. I looked on my bookshelf and I found it and it says 1984 <laughs> copyright. Now, when I read that book, I was so encouraged to simply listen for, and then stand on the word that God had for me. What Lauren uh, did with YWAM and Mercy Ships, he heard a word from the Lord. And it seemed like everything was against him, but when it came down to it, he would just simply believe the word that he had heard. And I just kept thinking, if that man can do it, then I can do that too. Now I would like to say something here. It's usually not as complicated as we tend to make things, especially things that pertain to God. This is really about thinking simple because even a child can hear the voice of God. And it all begins with a desire to hear and obey him. I I want to read a promise in John 10, 27 in John 10, 27. It says, my sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me. Now (laughs) I realize that sheep are not really known for being the smartest animals, but they do know how to follow a shepherd. And when I read this, I hear a promise. If you have said before, I just don't hear God's voice. Then I would ask, are you his sheep? If you are his sheep, then you can stand on this promise. Maybe you just haven't learned to recognize his voice. Now, yes, it is a promise to us, but it was also a declaration to the Jews at the time and the Jews understood sheep. Maybe that's part of the, the issue here too. When I was growing up, uh, my dad had, animals as his hobby. And we always had some sheep. And so I have a mental picture of what this looks like in my mind. And even sheep can get something in their head that they want to go this direction. (laughs) But if they're going to be safe, they have to submit to the leadership of the shepherd. And I think that's something that we need to learn. We need to really not try to control the way or method that God chooses to speak to us. Maybe you've only been listening for one specific thing. I want to read an example of this in 1 Kings 19, verses 11 through 13. Then he said, Go out and stand on the mountain before the Lord. And behold, the Lord passed by, and a great and strong wind tore into the mountains and broke the rocks in pieces before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind. And after the wind, an earthquake. But the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake a fire but the lord was not in the fire and after the fire a still small voice so it was when elijah heard it that he wrapped his face in his mantle and went out and stood in the entrance of the cave suddenly a voice came to him and said what are you doing here elijah notice here that the strong wind and the earthquake and the fire were all displays of the power of god But there is a very clear distinction made between God's power and God's voice. Verse 11 clearly says the Lord passed by and that's when the displays of power were seen. But I want you to think of it this way. God does not need to be constantly displaying his power if he has a relationship with us in which we hear his voice. I actually want to say that phrase again. God does not need to be constantly displaying his power. If he has a relationship with us in which we hear his voice. See so many times I think we want to hear his voice and see a display of power. We want to see something that proves that this is God. But do you realize that most of the stories of amazing things that happened in the Bible began with a man or woman of God, hearing the small voice of God. So you say, why would a God with so much power speak with such a small voice? Do you realize that if he would just blast his voice with power all the time, you would get numb to the noise. Have you ever noticed that when you're in the city for a while, the noise of the city just eventually kind of doesn't affect you anymore. Even if you're in a crowded room of people, you just adjust your volume and you can have a conversation with someone even though it might be loud around you. So God would eventually just be ignored by everyone. Imagine that a God with all that power and he can't get anyone's attention. So this is why it begins by asking him to hear his voice. It begins with something in our own hearts. Now we can just continue on through life, just wishing we could hear his voice, or we can say, father, we're asking you to train us in this. Then the hardest thing to do then is stop and listen. I think sometimes we want God to interrupt us like a text or a phone call can do, but again, that takes no focus or relationship on our part. You see, hearing from God is not a game. It's not something that we can just take lightly or passively. He says, when we seek him with all of our heart, we will find him. And he is giving specific direction and guidance to each one of us individually. And every one of us should have the goal of getting to know his heart. And this is what the Christian life is all about. If his sheep hear his voice, then we should start hearing him. Now I've said before, and I'm gonna say it again here. I'm not saying these things to condemn anyone. I'm saying it to liberate you. I think of Joshua when he led the children of Israel into the promised land. And as soon as they ran into a problem, he inquired of the Lord. Now where did he learn to do this? He learned it from his leader, Moses, and really he led that way his entire life. There were only a few times where he kind of got off on his own, but most of the time he led by listening to the voice of God. Moses had learned to hear God's voice after tending sheep in the wilderness. And yes, he had been humbled in Egypt when he tried to save the Israelites on his own power. But after years and years in the wilderness, he was able to lead the people with humility. One of the common themes in the kingdom of God is humility. When we are humble and surrendered to the Lordship of Jesus, we are much more prepared to hear his voice with clarity. Now, we must be willing to hear anything he speaks to us, even if it's different than what we had anticipated. So often I think we go to God asking for a word to confirm something we've already decided. Now we know what we want to hear from him. So we say, Lord, I want to hear your voice. Now this could be a business decision. It could be a relationship with someone or simply a goal that we have set our heart to accomplish. I wonder how many times people actually just go to God to simply hear what's on his heart. I know I've missed this opportunity many times before, but have you ever gone to him and just said, what are you thinking about? Do you know how many thoughts God has? His thoughts are greater than the sand of the sea. Sure. His thoughts are are more than the stars in the sky. Do you think maybe sometime God would want us to focus on Him? I mean, what would you think about if you'd never sleep? If you would have all power and, and resources available to you? Do you think you might want to share that with someone sometime? See, I think God is wanting to confide in us. There was a a dream that I had one time and I was in this group of people and I couldn't see really the end of them. And as I looked around, I realized everyone had their heads down and their eyes closed. But when I started to look, I realized there was a person over there. There was a person over there. Every so often I would see someone with their face turned over toward this way, but they weren't looking at me. So I turned and looked at what they were looking at. And I realized I was at the right hand of the father. And as I turned, I saw him and his eyes were on me. And I had this thought of all the people out there who don't know where they are. They are already seated with Christ at the right hand of the father. And yet their heads are down and their eyes are closed. And i would say their ears are probably closed as well because when i turned to look at him he leaned right over to me and put his arm around me and he said right in my ear let me tell you something and i woke up from this dream that was a a a dream of revelation for me and i kept thinking about the verse that says the eyes of the lord go to and fro throughout the whole earth seeking to show himself strong on behalf of those whose hearts are toward him. And I was thinking, I wonder if he feels lonely sometimes because of all these people that he is unable to communicate with. And so I made the decision that I want to keep my eyes and ears open to him. Now, again, I want to bring back this thing of of humility in the presence of God because After humility and asking to hear his voice comes the need to see who you really are in Christ. This is a revelation of righteousness. Now, the religious community has put such an emphasis on our own depravity that we have not been willing to believe that we have equal standing with Jesus. Now, I know I've talked about this before here, but just let me say it so we have a biblical reference for it. I want to read Romans 10 verses 2 through 4. For I bear them witness that they have a zeal for God, but not according to knowledge. For they being ignorant of God's righteousness and seeking to establish their own righteousness have not submitted to the righteousness of God. For Christ is the end of the law for righteousness to everyone who believes. See, those people that were there in the presence of God had believed for the forgiveness of their sins. But that's only the very beginning in getting to know God. Did you notice in verse three, it says they have not submitted to the righteousness of God. Do you see here that true humility is to submit to the truth that the death and resurrection of Jesus has given you the very righteousness of God. This is not just a righteous covering of sins or even something given to us to appease the wrath of God, this is the exact righteousness and perfection of God himself. You must understand and believe that you have been created in the image of God for the purpose of hearing the voice of God.